Hey, good afternoon. Welcome in to the PowerMizzou.com live show podcast. However, you might be consuming this. Gabe DeArmond here on the other side of your screen from some hotel uh, in Auburn, Alabama is Drew King. Mizzou getting ready to face Auburn here in about three and a half hours on SEC Network. We're going to talk, go backwards a little bit, talk a little bit about the win over Tennessee, which Drew was at. We'll preview tonight um, and, and we'll spin it forward uh, for the rest of the season. If you've got any questions, comments, if you're here live with us, put those in the queue. We'll get to them before we do that. Always want to remind you guys that the power of technology and James Carlton Insurance allow us to do this with you every uh Every week, uh, James, you can get in touch with him at 314-961-4800, online at carltoninsurance.net. James wants to take care of your insurance needs. He also wants to help Mizzou continue to have success, as it has so far this season. The best way for fans to do that these days is through name, image, and likeness. If you get in touch with James and you get an insurance quote from him, tell him you heard about it from Power Mizzou. He is going to donate $20 to every True Tiger Foundation and help Mizzou's NIL efforts. So we certainly encourage you to do that. Uh, Drew, long long week on the road for you, man. You've, uh, yeah, you've, you've seen some places. I've been around. I uh, You know, I actually got this new car that um, I got last week. It's a, it's a Jeep, and I've been trying to think of names for it, and I think I'm going to name it after Johnny Cash because it's been everywhere, man. Like, it's I've, I've been in 10 states in the past seven days, so um, that's how my week's been going. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, and, and, and a lot of that, certainly. I mean, from from Columbia to Starkville, back to Missouri, and then uh, then you were in Knoxville on Saturday, and rather than come home for two days and go right back to Auburn, you just mm-hmm. went down and and uh, spent Super Bowl Sunday in Auburn, Alabama. So yeah. let, let's go back to uh, as, as much as, you know, I would be fine with just having a half-hour show dedicated to talking about the Super Bowl and, and what happened there. Well, probably people are less interested in that than, uh, than talking Mizzou basketball. So at what point did you kind of bury Missouri on Saturday? Because I buried them once Tennessee erased the lead and went up two possessions. I just said, I've seen this happen. Like Mm -hmm. once you give up that lead, you're not coming back and winning a game. Yeah. Um, I think at one point in the second half, Mizzou was up by like nine or something. And and so Tennessee had started like that eight Oh run and um, Dave matter was sitting next to me and he goes, if Tyreek Key hits a three, the roof is going to blow off of this place. Right. And sure enough, the next possession, Tyreek Key gets open on the right wing and knocks down a three. And I was like, and, okay, and then the possession after like, that, and the possession after that, and the, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty standard. Yeah. A couple, couple of times for Tyreek. Um, but yeah, so that when that happened, I was like, like, you know, Dave obviously has been through a lot more of these than I have. So um, I feel like, I trusted his opinion a little bit more like, oh, okay. Like it's, it's kind of going downhill from here. But um, I, I, I also thought like, you know, once Tennessee took that lead and they didn't really pull away after that, I was like, oh, like Missouri has some time here. Like they could realistically come back and they definitely did. Yeah. Well, and they hung around and, you know, Obviously, the the biggest shot from Golston is the game winner, 
But I thought maybe the biggest play in that game was was they had gotten within one, and then Tennessee goes down and hits a three, and Golston's out on the left wing. And, I mean, the ball, like, touched the roof of the arena. And and, and he made a three that I I want to say it made it 81-80, but it cut mm-hmm. a four-point lead to one. And it was kind of like, at that point, you kind of go, hang on, they're not just, they haven't mailed it in. Like I've mailed it in, fans have mailed it in, everybody else has mailed it in, but it appears maybe they haven't. Right, yeah, no, um, there was, uh, you know, once Tennessee, I think, tied the score, um, you know, DeAndre Golston had a three ball, got a steal, and, and laid it back up. And I was like, oh, okay, like, he's got this, right? And so I, mm-hmm. I tweeted on Twitter, DeAndre, I got this Golston. Um <laughs> And Tennessee immediately responded by going on a 10-0 run. (laughs) And so um, I was like, okay, well, maybe they don't got it. But when Dre hit the shot with, like, two minutes left, like you said, like, that brought it back within one. I thought there's a lot of time left. You know, Mizzou doesn't have a lot of momentum right now, but um, they do have time at least. And if they can get a couple of stops, that'll give them a chance. And so – when Dre got the ball with four seconds left, I was like, that's, that's the guy you want to have. <laughs> right. Well, it well, and, and kind of before that, like what that game really proved is there is no perfect way to handle these last eight seconds, right? Like I am a huge proponent up three under about seven seconds. I would always foul. Mm-hmm. And that's what Rick Barnes did the first time. And Sean East misses the front end and you go, well, I don't see how this happens now, right? And then Missouri actually catches a break because I don't think Nick Honor was trying to foul Vescovy before the inbounds pass. Like, I think they wanted to try to steal the inbounds pass and then commit the foul with like three seconds left. But they called a foul before the clock even starts. And it sends Vescovy back to the line. He misses the first one and then... I'm curious if you guys in the arena knew what happened on the second one, because if you were watching on TV, it was very clear. Like I knew what happened, but it was very clear. The broadcast crew had no idea what happened. They were trying to call an offensive foul on Tennessee. And it was a, did you guys kind of have an idea at that time? Did you know what happened? So I I didn't see exactly what happened because we were at the other end of the court. Um, but I just saw Golston like start walking the other way with his finger up and smiling. And I was like, oh, like they must have stepped over the line or something. Um, and, and I also saw like the point or no, Vescovy didn't even make the shot, actually. So um, but once once like nobody was going for the rebound, that's how you kind of knew like, OK, it must have mm-hmm. been a lane violation there. Um, I also want to point out Sean East said he knew that Vescovy was going to miss one of those free throws because and, and told he him so he was going to miss. Right. Yes. Yes, he did. I mean, um, that's uh, uh, Sean East, you know, maybe might be a medium. I don't know. Well, and uh, like I, I think it's awesome that Sean East said to Vescovy, you're going to miss one. I think it, what is more awesome is that he told you guys he said it. Because I promised <laughs> Dennis Gates wishes that he had not told you guys he said it. Um, we did get Sean by himself with Dennis out of the room. So that's, right. we, we kind of pulled it out of him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no way he would have said that sitting sitting next to Dennis at the podium <laughs> on a Zoom. Um, so, look, Golston hits the shot. And, I mean, you tweeted out the video. Like, you had a pretty good angle on that. You were kind of behind the basket. Did you see him release it and think, hang on, man, this has a shot? Well, I did because 
I actually thought he was a lot closer to the line than he was. I thought he got all the way up to the three-point line and got the yeah. shot off. And I was like, oh, like, that's a but that's a makeable shot. And after the game, I saw the replay where actually he's like one step across half court. Mm-hmm. And and so um, I don't know that I would have thought the same if I saw him <laughs> pull up from there. Well, um, it, yeah. It, it was the same exact shot he hit at UCF pretty much. This almost the same spot. It's like he learned at UCF. Oh, I shot that one like three. Oh, Gabe's gone. A little bit off, um, off this one. Can you not see me? Uh, you're freezing up on me. Okay, I got you now. Okay, so so, but yeah, I mean, it was almost the same exact spot that he hit that shot at UCF. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it wasn't quite the same play. He didn't have Demoy Hodge, you know, sliding him the ball across the floor, but it, it was that kind of pressure situation, and so uh, that's that's why I was thinking like four seconds left. I want Dre to have the ball because he's done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and made the shot and, and and all that, and we will we will get into some of this. I want to address this real quick. Dan uh, Dan is asking what's going on with the site. Look, uh, there's some issue with the global provider uh, that like hosts rivals, and it's down right now. It is well above my pay grade. I hope it gets fixed before this show is over. Um, but uh, that's why I tweeted out the YouTube link. Appreciate you guys managing to find us. The site is down right now. It is not like. You have not been personally banned and nothing is wrong with your personal internet. Uh, we, we hope to get that fixed as soon as possible. So coming out of Saturday, I, and we'll get to Auburn tonight, but Jason wants to know, can we comfortably say Mizzou is in the NCAA tournament? I mean, barring disaster, right? I, I, yes. I mean, they're not in a situation where they can lose every game and get in. But right. if yeah, they do no. remotely what they should. I think you put it best is like the Tennessee game gave them a little bit of cushion in case something bad does happen. Um, you know, you can you can afford to take a loss in the Auburn game and, and one of the Texas A&M or Mississippi State games and, and be OK and still, you know, find your way into the tournament. Um, there's really only one more must win on the schedule, which is the home game against Ole Miss. Um, mm-hmm. But aside from that, like, I don't think that any one loss is going to kill them um, tournament resume wise. They've got six games left in the regular season. What's the, like, what's the worst they could be where you think, well, they go to Nashville still feeling pretty good about their spot. Um, They're at 19 right now. I'd say like two wins. Like if you can, yeah, I, beat beat Ole Miss and and win one of, you know, LSU or Georgia on the road and and lose the rest. I think you're you're still sitting okay going into the tournament. Yeah, I think you'd still have a pretty decent shot at two and four. I think to remove all doubt and feel good, you want to go three and three, just because if you go two and four down the stretch here, I mean, after tonight, Missouri is going to be favored in every game. Mm-hmm. So. Like AM's not a bad loss. Mississippi State's not a bad loss, but they are home games. LSU and Georgia are road games, but they're not really good teams. So mm-hmm. if you were to lose, you know, say you lose tonight and then you lose two of those four or three of those four, even you're kind of going, 
eh, this looks like a team that's leaking oil. Like, I think they get in at two and four, but I think to feel good, you you just need to be three and three, which again, there's no reason they shouldn't be three and three. I mean, I think they yeah. should be better than three and three. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it would take some kind of calamity um, to have for, for them to go three and three down the stretch because those last three games are they should be favored pretty heavily in those ones, I think. And so the real toss-ups are just these next three, starting with Auburn tonight. Yeah, and, and I could see a loss at Georgia, which is why I think you at least want to beat Mississippi State or A&M at home next mm-hmm. week. Um, Danson, he, he likes Sean East more and more. He's really come on these last few games. I mean, he's turned it, he's turned into a guy that, that he kind of seems like Missouri's run stopper to me. Like when the other team starts to get something going, it was it was Deboy Hodge early on, but I think Sean East is kind of that guy now that's like, all right, I'm just gonna get in the lane and hit this little twelve foot teardrop and and we'll restore a little bit of order. Yeah, I think one of the things that has changed with Sean over the course of the season is he's playing a lot more in control now that we're deep into conference play. Because you remember those first couple of non-conference play games, he was like going one on five and not slowing down for anybody, right? And and so now I think we're seeing him like really find his comfort in the system and, and find ways that he can really contribute. Um, I, I thought in the Tennessee game, he took advantage of having Zakai Ziegler on him, right? And, and actually having a size advantage over a guy. Um, it was funny because Nick Honor also had a size advantage right. over a guy. Um, but no, I, I think Sean's... Um, you know, we talked about how Isaiah and DeAndre Golston are two guys who um, pretty consistently this season have been able to beat guys off of the dribble. I think Sean's starting to become one of those guys. He's really um, found ways to create shots for himself lately. And and this team can use that. And so uh, kind of transition to to looking forward rather than, than looking back. Kyle says, awful spot for us tonight. Look, I agree. Um because Missouri won on Saturday, they do not have to win this game tonight. Auburn has to win this game tonight. Like mm-hmm. Auburn's lost five of six. They, I think they still play Alabama and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. If if Auburn loses this game tonight, their tournament lives are, are kind of in, in serious danger. So anytime you're going, the team didn't go home. They've been on the road for, you know, whatever, four or five straight days. You're going into a place that that should be pretty packed. Auburn's a tough atmosphere to play. And Auburn is desperate. Missouri is not desperate. That doesn't really line up as a very good recipe for Missouri to me. Yeah, well, I've also been on the road for four or five days, and I'm struggling, so I know that they have to be too. <laughs> I haven't even played basketball, so. Um, right. But no, I, I, I think – Here's the thing, though. We, we kind of said the same thing when Tennessee lost to Van- Vanderbilt on the buzzer beater is that like, oh, Tennessee's going to come into this game pissed off and wanting right. to get revenge off of that. And instead, they, they ended up losing on another buzzer beater. So um, I, I don't want to put too much stock into, um, you know, Mizzou feeling comfortable and, and Auburn feeling like it has to win this game. But you, you are right. Like this is kind of a must-win game for Auburn to keep their season alive, um, barring, you know, a really good run in the conference tournament, I think, because Auburn had a pretty easy schedule early on in conference season, and and they're starting to play some of the better teams in the league now. So, um, 
yeah, they're, they're kind of struggling. It's it's going to be an important game for Auburn, but I don't think, you know, Mizzou's going to, you know, rest on its laurels either. I think Mizzou realizes this is like another chance to get a quad one win on the, on the resume. Well, and, and I think the difference between the Tennessee game and the Auburn game is like, yeah, you, you were maybe worried that Tennessee was going to be angry, but like Tennessee didn't have to win that game. Tennessee's mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. Now, if they wanted a one seed, they had to win that game. But, right. you know, Tennessee's in the tournament. They're going to be a top three or four seed. Like, ultimately, losing that game is a bummer, but but it's not that big a deal. Um, Auburn, after this game tonight, is at Vandy, which is no longer automatic, home against Old Miss. Then they finish the season at Kentucky, which is going to be desperate, at Alabama, and home against Tennessee. So if they lose this game, like it is, that would be six out of seven. Like it is not impossible that that Auburn finishes with like nine or 10 losses in their last 12 games. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, they're not getting in. And so, you know, it was interesting. Bruce Pearl said yesterday, like, hey, you know, this game's big for us, but but Missouri's like trying to trying to get on the right side of the bubble and all that. I think maybe he reversed the situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that Bruce Pearl maybe doesn't keep up as much with Missouri's tournament odds as, as some of us here do. Um, but I, I don't right. think Missouri is um, a, a team that's, that's on the bubble. I think Auburn definitely might be, um, especially, like you said, hearing all the teams that they're about to play. Um, and so... Yes, this is a must-win game for Auburn, but it kind of sounds like every game is going to be a must-win game for Auburn from here on out. Exactly, and they do have opportunities. I mean, you know, if they get this win, it's a, it's a decent win. Obviously, if they could win at Kentucky or at Alabama, that's a good win. Tennessee at home, so so there are opportunities. I still think Auburn is an NCAA tournament team. It's just that hey, they some of these have to have to start being wins for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason says. If Mizzou beats Auburn and or A&M, can we just give Dennis Gates the SEC coach of the year? So before we get into that, like Gates is in my top three for SEC coach of the year. I'm not sure the order. I'm curious if I said, give me a top three. What's your, what's your top three as it sits right now for coach? Of the um, year? I would agree that uh, Dennis Gates is probably top three. I think my other two guys would be Buzz Williams and Nate Oates from Texas A&M in Alabama, just because um, I, I think Tennessee or Texas A&M is in a similar situation where I don't know that a lot of people thought that they were going to be the number two team in, in the standings right now. And, and Buzz Williams has led them there. And then also, you know, we thought that Alabama was going to be good. I don't think we thought that they would be the best in the conference. And so I think that's kind of my case for the top three there. Well, it's interesting with A&M. I mean, preseason, I think they were picked six. Like most Mm -hmm. people thought that was a tournament team. And then expectations fell off in large part because they were awful in the non-conference season. And then they've been good in the SEC game. So the question becomes like, if you judge the whole body of work, like the non-conference has to be part of it. And Buzz didn't do a very good job in that part. So that's why I would probably have Gates above Buzz, even though Buzz has a team that's like nine or 10 and two and and playing really well in the league. Alabama was picked fifth preseason. Like people thought they were good, but they were, 
like I, I remember I, I talked to CY before the season and he said, I think the pr- top four are pretty obviously Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and, and Auburn. And then Alabama's probably in that next group, you know, and that was the general consensus. And not only is Alabama the best team in the, in the league, it's the best team in the country, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's not even close as far as best team in the league. I mean, they are undefeated and, and they're mostly blowing teams out. I would have a pretty hard time not giving Nate Oates the coach of the year at this point, to be honest. Yeah. They lose um, two or three down the stretch. That's different. But Dennis has done a great job, but Nate Oates has done probably the best job in the country, especially considering, man, they had some stuff happen there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they did. Um, it, and kind of like you said, body of work, they don't really have bad losses. They don't really have – that many losses to begin right. with. What do they have? Three losses total, <laughs> yes. maybe four. Yeah. Um, and so you look at um, you know, like Dennis Gates, yes, Mizzou wasn't considered to do very much this year, and they're obviously outperforming ex- expectations. Um, I think Alabama's kind of blowing their expectations out of the water. Like mm-hmm. I don't think anybody penciled them in to be a top five team, let alone the number one team in the country. Right. And, and like, again, Missouri's doing a nice job. But if they lose this game tonight, they're seven and six in a league where Alabama's 12 and 0. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's a big difference, you know, yeah. and, and I do think that matters. Uh, Nolan wants to know if Missouri's going to shoot like they do at home or like they do on the road. I mean, Nolan, if I knew that, I would call a bookie. Also, worth pointing out that in two of its last three road games, Missouri's actually shot the ball incredibly well. Yeah, um, the one because you being, go back to Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss and and Tennessee, they did a good job. Mississippi State was their worst performance of the year, I think. I, so. I, I think that would be the definition of a uh, insert the word I won't say here, so I don't have to include explicit language, but a uh, a stuffed sandwich, right? Like yes. The, yes. the two pieces of bread were fine. It was that Mississippi State game in the middle that kind of ruins the whole sandwich. No, but uh, just to go back to the Tennessee game real quick, like that's what shocked me about that game. Not even the Golston three. It was that they shot the highest percentage they have all year against the number one shooting defense in the country. And I, I don't think we can overstate that at all. Like that was a phenomenal job by the team of, of getting open. Um, obviously, Tennessee didn't have Josiah Jordan-James, but um, I, I don't know that that one injury would have right. changed a whole lot. You know, like um, Mizzou was really able to spread Tennessee out and, and find guys open and, and make their defense, um, you know, kind of have to fly all over to follow the ball. And so I think if they're able to do that again against Auburn, you'll see them getting a couple of more good looks. Yeah, uh, Cam says turning projections seem odd. Seems like they should be in, but some have them as a bubble team and some have them as a six. Jerry Palm, who you actually talked to earlier today for a story mm-hmm. you're working on, has them as a four, which seems that seems out of control high. Um, the people that have them as a tenor, I saw one place has them in a, in the play in game. That's to me too low. But look, they're like here are the qualifications for being a bracketologist, guys. Well, I have internet access. And like, I'm not saying Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm and some of these guys don't do a good job because they generally do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, right now, like I watched uh, 
the Kentucky-Georgia game on Saturday before Mizzou played. And they said, I'm not kidding, they said like 10 times on the broadcast. Joe Lunardi says if Kentucky loses today, they are out of the tournament. Bro, there's three weeks left. Like, nobody is out of the tournament today. And very few teams, like, there are maybe eight teams in the country who can lose out and they're going to be in the tournament. Like, Alabama doesn't have to win another game and they're in the NCAA tournament. Kansas, Gonzaga, Houston, Purdue, there's a few of them, but there aren't very many. Mm -hmm. So... This is fun to do, and it creates, you know, speculation and chatter, and I understand why everybody does it, and it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's, um, you know, Joey Brackett's, uh, you know, is is kind of just going off of, um, th- that's all that Bracketology really is, right? It's just, like, opinions, right? And, it's and, not and, necessarily- and I think it's... You you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's more, hey, this is what the NCAA tournament would be if it started today. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, cool, but it doesn't. Correct. Um, and it also, like, it's it's all subjective as well, right? And and talking to Jerry Palm today, he described the process as trying to do the job of a 12-person committee, right? And having to have the opinion of a 12 person committee. Well, you, you're not 12 people on a committee. And um, you're not those 12 people. Exactly, right? Because each committee member is gonna have their own stats and metrics and, and criteria that they value more than the other committee members, right? So um, as far as Mizzou's uh, where, where they're being seated in some of these bracket projections right now. I think it's it's weird that it's kind of a high variance, right? Because you do have people seating them as high as four and as low as 10. And some of it has to do with like how much people value Ken Palm or their net ranking. And then like a guy like Jerry Palm really values like they've beaten some quality teams away from home. Um, and, and so realistically, I, I think you're probably going to see them go somewhere in the middle of that. Jerry Palm admitted today, like if they're still 45th in the net ranking uh, by the end of the season, they're not going to be a four seed. Um, But, um, you know, I I think bracket matrix right now has them as a seven seed in the aggregate. And, and I think that's, that's kind of the range that they're going to go in if, if the season ended today. Right. And, And I think, look, whenever you do this, take away the top and the bottom. Um, most people have them somewhere between a six and a nine. And if the mm-hmm. season plays out approximately the way we think it would, I think that's where they'll be somewhere between a six and a nine. Now, if the season goes a little better, yeah, they could get a five, maybe even a four. If the season goes to hell, yeah, they could be a 10 or 11 and fighting to get in. Um, yeah. so there's, there's just a lot. And, and look, I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody that, that likes to, I like to read that stuff too. It, I enjoy mm-hmm. it, you know, and I like to go through and go, Oh, this would be a cool matchup or, Oh God, no, not Sacramento, please. You know, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, it's all, it, it, none of it means anything at this point in time. The, I will say the only, the only time bracketology means anything is like Sunday morning of selection mm-hmm. Sunday. It means a good amount, but it's usually still not perfect. Yeah, um, I, I, I did want 
I mentioned Lunardi has uh, Mizzou going up against West Virginia in his most recent forecast, which I think would be a, a very fun matchup, oh, yeah. Press Virginia versus yeah. Mizzou running the press. Like, that would be pretty fun. I do think it was in Sacramento, though, so yeah. um, maybe maybe not so fun. Also, we would that would give us a chance to interview Bob Huggins, which is awesome. Um, yes. It, I, so, so quick story time. Back in 2006, when Missouri was looking for a coach, there were – People around Missouri, that was when Bob Huggins was out of basketball. And there were people who wanted to hire him at Missouri. And so I managed through a, a friend to get Bob Huggins' cell phone number. And I was very, very scared to make that phone call. I was, I, you know, I was 30. I'd, I'd been doing this for a couple of years. But I like, I'm like, oh, my God, the first thing he's going to say is, how the F did you get my number? Right. And right. like the person that gave it to me said, you didn't get it from me. Right. And so, so I called Bob Huggins. He was awesome. We were on the phone for like 15 minutes. He was incredible. I have loved Bob Huggins ever since then. He, he wanted the Missouri job. Absolutely would have taken it. Uh, they gave it to Mike Anderson and Huggins ended up going to K-State. But, uh, but I've never been so scared to make a phone call that turned out well. It, it was like right. when you were 13 and you had to call the the girl that you thought was hot, right? And you just sat there and rehearsed <laughs> the phone call like 15 times. That, that was me and Bob Huggins. Uh, Holy Shilt wants to know, have we been on plane tracker watch for Mosley to Auburn? I cannot speak for Drew. I have not. Because frankly, at this point, I don't freaking care. And like, again, I don't blame you guys for caring. It is important. But I, what game was it, Drew, that was the one where he didn't play? It was... Uh, the South last Carolina. home game, yeah, yeah South, South Carolina. Carolina. When he was not at warmups and didn't play in that game, I just said, "Not nah, screw this." Like I thought we we're done with this. I didn't think we we're going to do this again. I'm not going to do this every night. He's either going to show up or he's not going to show up, and I can't put any energy into figuring out if he's going to show up or asking why he's not sh going to show up because we're not going to get any answers. So it's not mm. worth my time at this point. Yeah, I, I, I just there's not a whole lot to figure out at this point because the, right. the team the team isn't going to give you a whole lot of info other than he's not here it's, pers it's personal Drew. It's yeah personal. it is it's personal private matter not disciplinary um but yeah like so no i have not been on plane tracker watch for isaiah mosley i will get to the game early tonight and see if he's warming up but that's about the extent that um right. and i mean honestly it. we've hit the point when when we ask about him or anybody else Dennis says everybody on the roster is day to day. So like, who knows, man, you could show up and maybe they just, they decide not to play Kobe Brown tonight. And we don't really know why um, that's, yeah. that, that's how it's going. I will say, um, Trey Gamillion, I, I really thought he was going to play last game. He was warming up. He was doing, you know, the kind of the movement drills with their trainer and he was dunking in layup lines and, and, Kyle Smith Peters kind of walked over and was like, "Hey, don't do that." <laughs> but um, no, I I think Trey Gamillion's going to be pretty close to playing here either tonight or or if not, when they get back to Missouri. Okay, um, Aiden wants to know: Do you think Missouri can still get a top four seed in the SEC? I mean, again, three weeks to go, but if the tournament started tonight, they are the four seed. Mm -hmm. um, so absolutely, they have a shot. I mean, I think it requires. At least four and two, maybe five and one to get that yes. top four. Yeah. 
Um, and, and I'll say this too. We we just talked about Auburn and how tough their schedule is down the stretch. Um, I know Texas A&M's schedule, like they still haven't played Alabama or Tennessee yet. Um, I, Tennessee probably is going to be fine in the in the top four, but I, I think Mizzou, out of the teams that are contending for one of those double buys, has the easiest schedule um, left to go. So I think they're in a pretty good position to snatch up one of those top four seeds. Yeah, they've and and it kind of the the contenders for that are Auburn, Kentucky, who they've beaten, Florida, who they've lost to. I mean, Arkansas is still in the mix, but really also now in the mix is Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. Tennessee plays Alabama tomorrow. If Missouri were to win tonight and Alabama beats Tennessee, Missouri's actually ahead of Tennessee in the standings because yeah. they've won the game. So when you're only talking an 18 game schedule with 14 teams, like, like so much can change day to day. Uh, Jason wants to know how I feel about being a meme. So I want to say, I want to say that I really, in today's day and age, there are two ways to know that you have officially made it. One (laughs) is if there is a fake you on Twitter, right? Like, I I think that's, I think that's a high compliment. If there was a fake Gabe DeArmond, you know, I would have, consider making it the other way is if somebody makes you into a meme i i accept it i like it it, it was it was solid work um i i appreciate that i now see it after every game yeah i guess i haven't made it yet um i did make an appearance in a youtube video um, of a, a couple of guys trying to mess up a press conference but that's um that's the extent oh of really so far where when was that i didn't no, see that. I, well, I sent you the video to it it was at the um the tournament of champions in Springfield. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. Now I remember. Yes. Now I remember. Yeah, I was. I I had my mind thinking Missouri games. Um, uh, Kyle says I think we see a foul fest tonight. Hopefully we have an extra guy or two. Uh, look, I I think Please this. No. Be, I think this will be a fun game because I think Auburn wants to play the way Missouri wants to play. Like mm-hmm. like this could easily be a ninety-one to eighty-six game. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think. There's definitely a chance it turns into a foul fest. Auburn, um, A, gets the free throw line pretty often, and B, sends its opponent to the free throw line pretty often. So um, there's a good chance it it gets pretty physical and and the refs use their whistle a lot tonight. Um, Hoping that's not the case because I have a long drive back to Missouri tomorrow. (laughs) Exactly. But at least it's a 6 o'clock start as opposed to 8. That's Um, true. Sean House wants to know, what do you see as the main differences in a Gates team versus a Mike Anderson team? So obviously I I saw, you know, five, six years of Mike's teams up close. I think the difference is that Mike's teams always were going to, to do what they did. Like they always pressed. It was pretty similar. Their goals were pretty obvious. I think Dennis changes things up a little bit more. I I think he's got a little bit, uh, a very little bit more variance defensively. He'll play his own. He'll do some different things. Now that may be more to do with what his roster looks like right now than what he actually wants to do. Um, but, but I think so far from what I've seen, I think Gates is, is a little more flexible and versatile in his systems. Um, but I'll say this about Mike Anderson, man, when that basketball worked, it was one of the funnest things that you could ever possibly watch. I mean, some of the most beautiful Missouri basketball games I've ever seen were Mike Anderson when, when he had that thing going, Um, you know, now when it didn't work, it could get pretty ugly pretty fast. Um, Let's see. uh, 
I think we've mostly caught up. Uh, somebody was asking, oh, here it is. Uh, Man at Arms was asking about the Sean East cro cross-court passes. I, do, I tried to ask Nick Honor about it after one game, and I don't think he really understood what I was saying. But, I mean, it's almost like a Mahomes different arm angle. Like, Sean mm -hmm. East throws, the, throws a cross-court pass almost like submarine style from an angle that I've really never seen anybody else do it, but he does it all the time. Yeah, the – I think the best comparison for it would be like James Harden when he was still on the Rockets and the way he was able to just kind of throw it across his body, send a laser to PJ Tucker mm -hmm. in the corner. Um, you know, Sean is really good at that. I still get nervous when he does it though. I'm, I'm not yeah. a fan of one handed across the body passes like that, but Sean's Sean is pretty good at those. Um, so if Dennis Gates has given him the green light on it, then I, I can't really criticize it too much. I mean, I know it's now going to happen tonight and people are going to be pissed off at me, but I can't remember him throwing one away. Like they've all ended yeah. up where they were supposed to end up. Yeah, I agree. Um, and people came after me for also not liking Sean East's free throw routine, which, um, you know, he's shooting 80%. I can't really criticize him that much either. I'm a fan of it. Um, I like it. Just that personal preference. Um, we need to so, get Sean on the show so we can ask him about it. There you go. We'll give it a shot at some point. Uh, Six o'clock tonight at Auburn Arena. Drew is is going to head over there, I imagine, within an hour or two after this ends. Uh, he will have your full coverage from there. I will be watching from rainy Columbia, Missouri. Then back home for Texas A&M on Saturday. I mean, look, one win out of these two is that's solid, right? You just you just yeah. split these and you're happy. Yeah, um, I, I'll go back to what I learned while I was covering Texas State, which is the main goal week to week is to get sweeps and don't get swept. Those are like your two objectives. Um, and so I don't think Missouri can get sweep, swept or yeah, can't get, get swept, swept on this road trip anymore, right? So um, now the goal is to go get a sweep. And, and if you do, like it puts you in a pretty good position Oh yeah. I mean, if they, if they win this, all of a sudden you're going, hang on, man, what's, what's the ceiling. So it'll be interesting to, to see what happens. Uh, but again, Drew will have your complete coverage. Appreciate all you guys hanging out with us. Uh, if you were here live and we had a bunch of people because the site's down, maybe that's what we should do. Maybe I'll just crash the site before we do every live show and then more people <laughs> oh, can watch us. Was but, it, uh, you that did it. It, it was not me, trust me. Um, but uh, but if you're here live with us, we'd, we'd appreciate it if you'd uh, you know hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, all that. If you're listening on the podcast, which I will get up right after this, uh, leave nice comments, say good things about us on social media. Follow Drew's coverage tonight, and as always, make sure to check out James Carlton State Farm Insurance at carltoninsurance.net. You can call them at 314-961-4800, obviously during business hours, but you're always going to get a person. You're not going to get a recording, and they want to take care of your insurance needs, and they also want to help you help out Mizzou through NIL efforts and every True Tiger Foundation. If you get in touch with them, tell them you heard about it on the site. They're going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL Collective on your behalf. So uh, good things all around. Win-win situation for you guys. Please do that. I want to thank James for being a part of this. And uh, Drew, thanks for hanging out, man. Enjoy uh, Auburn. I've heard it's a, a great place to watch a basketball game. I have not been. Oh. I've heard it's a pretty cool arena. I, I also have not been, so I'll let you know how it goes. All right, good deal. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Um, we will, uh, we're planning to go live after the Texas A&M game probably on Saturday. Unless they get like blown out or something and nobody hangs out with us then. 
we could always call an audible. But as of now, we plan to be back after the game on Saturday, and we'll be here again next week. See you then.